better, fight better podcast. Fight better, fight better, fight better podcast. Hello, welcome to Five Better Podcast, the podcast where each episode we take a classic song and try and find five better. Uh, we try and find songs with a similar theme or a similar kind of reference to the title. How do we do this, you may ask? Well, we may do some research about the song, find out whether we think it's musically better, perhaps the lyrics are better. Perhaps maybe Jim and I have a sort of personal connection with the song, or maybe we just Wikipedia it to death and black it. We've been in lockdown. We've been in lockdown two. We've had lockdown three, The Revenge. We've had God knows what else going on. I'm bored out of my mind. But in times like this, there's one song that always keeps me going. It's one song that makes me look to the future and think lyrics are helping me through. Things can only get better by D. Okay, there we go, right? D. Reams finest chart hit finest finest hit they ever did uh, the only song i really could tell you of theirs um without looking on wikipedia uh 1993 so that was a good year this song came out and uh yeah uh it's a good song it's a good song i think it's a classic um, sort of i suppose it's a classic it's a 90s song in 1993 it was, it was first released then and it, it got sort of properly released in January 1994. Um, so I think it was released sort of pre that, like sort of six months before. Then it was released as a sort of the, I think it got revamped. So I think they must have sort of like just, I don't know, put a dance track behind it. Because I think originally it was like an instrumental track or something. 93 was when I was first really going to the pub. Mm. Like that, sort of 17 years old. Um, I was working at Burger King and we all used to rock up to the local pub on a, Friday night, which for anyone who wants to go back that far, you could go to the local pub with a tenner and come home with £2.50 in your pocket and still have had 10 pints. It was, I mean, it was insane back then. Um, but this used to be on all the time. This was always played in the in, in the pub on a Friday, on a Saturday. It was always on the jukebox. It was, you know, it was everyone would dance to it. And it was it was a good song. It's a good song. I suppose D would be known for a couple of things, aren't they? I suppose the first one is... Professor Brian Cox was the keyboard player, obviously. And that's a, sort of a given fact, isn't it? One of the things they used to sell themselves on, Peter Cunner was would always go on about, was the fact that they were a dance act that right. played their own instruments um, and kind of created the music in that in that kind of live way. It was quite good as well, I thought, I suppose. I don't know. Didn't serve them too well. But the thing that probably destroys this song for me uh, is the third version. Um, in April of 1997 when it was re-released because it was uh, the Labour Manifesto song. Um, And, you know, it was good that Labour won. That was great. I I think I voted Labour there. Probably, I might not have voted. I can't even remember. But, but, you know, we all wanted Labour to win. We'd had enough of the Tories back then. And uh, But just this song and seeing Tony Blair and John Prescott and... Gordon Brown all dancing around on stage to Sherry, things Sherry to make Blair it better. Sherry Blair in the background. It was a, it was a, it's a, it's a really good chorus. And I think if we try and detach the fact, obviously we're looking at a classic song, which is what the podcast's about, but if we, if we sort of detach the idea that it was used and bastardised and, you know, completely uh, exploited, both for 
both benefits for them and for the Labour Party. Um, yeah. Just do, we're trying to obviously look at the song sort of impartial as best we can. Uh, it's got a good, really good chorus. Um, it has. It, it's very, it is very mid-90s sort of kind of dance. It's kind of, it's fairly safe. It, it is, the it, other is thing it's got that I really like is that breakdown in the middle. That's just really, it's good. It's fun. It's just, like, it just happens and it's kind of, you can like, it, it jump It falls a little bit it. into the same category as M people. Do, do you know what I mean? That sort of, uh, sort of fairly accessible dance pop music, which was very Mercury much Music Sorry. Prize winning M people. Well, Mike um, Pickering uh, was the brains behind M people. He was, I thought actually, again, a, a good songwriter actually. M people got a bit of bad press, I felt, even though. You could probably say they were quite cheesy. I thought they were right. I didn't think they were bad at all. I, I used to like the drummer Shovel. Shovel was a percussion player, wasn't he? But he was uh, he was an Arsenal fan. I remember seeing him uh, talking. Him and Ainsley Harriot talking before a cup final, and like he was going, "Oh yeah, I love the Arsenal." And it, like after that, it was like, "Oh, Shovel's all right." <laughs> Never but, before, um, as a, as an anecdote, been so dated for saying Shovel and Ainsley Harriot. <laughs> yeah. And Arsenal, 90s, I know, Arsenal were always in the FA Cup final, but it was, uh, yeah, it was, it must have been the 2000s. But he was, uh, but that, uh, I just, I, I don't want to crap on about M People, but I really dislike that album. M People is like that middle class dinner party, isn't it? You, you, you know, you have your, your 30 somethings, have your friends around for dinner, and you, hey, let's put um, M People on the radio. <laughs> I think, again, it's just because it, it's, oh, uh-huh. it's very safe pop, isn't it? It's safe yes. pop, but a slight edge because it's, it's been quite well produced. i tell you what, though, I found this song when it was the second incarnation, when it got sort of to number one in January, um, it spent four weeks at number one, but as did only about three or four of that same year, but spent four weeks. Do you know what other one spent 15 weeks in 1994? It, was, it wasn't Brian Adams, because that's the one we were... No, it was, that must have been... Is that the wet? Yeah, it was wet, 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 yeah. Wet, 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 yeah. That was all around me, yeah. Because the, 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 that would have been uh, four weddings and a funeral. Yeah, exactly, yeah. So I've, <laughs> you've seen the video, I assume, so things going to get better. What, what's your thoughts on the video? Because I've got some I've got some thoughts. Well, isn't that the one where they're just kind of on stage almost? He's got that t- tartan suit on he's wearing. He's got like a, uh, yeah, I've got it on the background now. He's got like a sort of a blacky sort of like patterned tartan. He's got these incredible collars that a gust of wind and it'd be off. It's, it's just a really good sort of hands in the air dancing. And it's, it's tell you what, he's got some good hips, Peter Hunnam. Can I just read what, some of the comments underneath? Because I think basically the comments yeah, underneath right. sum up everything we've just pretty much mentioned. Someone's put, things going to get better. The international anthem of 2020, which is obviously what we've mentioned. Uh, so I put, does Tony Bear still listen to this? Underneath it, bloke from Essex, but Professor Brian Cox on keyboards, we know that. Number Underneath that, we need this song to cheer up the UK people from, from worrying from the coronavirus. We need some positive in the UK at the moment. And then someone underneath that put, the life of Brian got better after leaving this lot. And then and the, last, the best <laughs> one after that was, we will win over COVID-19, exclamation mark. Well, it sums up everything we just said, really, isn't it? Um, Blair, Cox and uh, COVID. So, so there we go. So that is our song. We've now got to try and find... I suppose, what, what's the theme going to be, Jim? What's, what, what have we got come up with this, this episode? Well, it's... it's um, so the theme, then... Well, see, now the theme. There's the question. Uh, the theme is optimism. Optimism for a brighter, vaccinated rest of the year. Okay. A brighter, vaccinated possibility of going on holiday... All of that business. Okay, so things basically try. Things can only get better. Basically, things can only get better. 
yeah, looking at being positive. It's all been dead shit. Booze talk, booze talk. What you drinking tonight? Okay. So, Jim, the question is, what are we not drinking tonight? See what we did there? It's it well, yeah. I mean, well, we've done them. Um, we've done teetotal ones, haven't we? Well, not teetotal ones. We've done non-alcoholic ones. Yeah. Oh, we've done one non-alcoholic one before where we were sampling the finest non-alcoholic ales and even the non-alcoholic gin. And I thought we had some really good stuff there. However, the times they are changing, and now <laughs> I don't know what to say, dear listener. I I am now ninety-seven days without alcohol. How do you feel? And within that. Oh, I tell you what, the alcohol's not been too bad, to be honest. I don't say so the alcohol's not been too bad. But what I'm also doing is fasting. Uh, I'm doing that intermittent fasting, so I have a small eating window that finishes at 6.30 at night. So now I can't drink anything but coffee or water. So um, <laughs> coffee is not good at this time of night, so obviously I'm on the water. But then what I did on top of that, just before Easter... Is this is a couple of days after Easter now we're recording. Yeah. Just before Easter, I did 18 days without any sugar or sweets as well. So it's my like, life like a, has it's been flipping miserable, honestly. Flipping <laughs> miserable, I tell you. Uh, so it's, uh, yeah, so there's, there was no booze, no sugar, no. So, yeah, so basically, like life's arse. He's <laughs> living, living like a hermit, apart from he's going to the toilet every five minutes. What are you drinking tonight? I have uh, currently clutching a litre bottle of Sap Pellegrino sparkling water, nice. um, which uh, suits the fasting, it's a little bit carbonated. Um, so, yeah, so that's that's good. The one I really Do- like, but I can't get hold of, is Badois, but they don't sell it in Sainsbury's. I think they sell it in Tesco, but not in my local Sainsbury's. So, so that's my shit life. Uh, what's, uh, what am I drinking? What I'm drinking, I'm drinking a, a bottle of bottle it's a bottle of tea um it's just pv tips again very boring i'm yeah again try not to drink during the week but that's my uh that's as much as my sobriety is kind of like um i've got to say about that but uh yeah i'm, I'm, I'm in solid out with you jim so i'm drinking tea and i'll drink some i might drink some water in a second just sort of you know go with you maybe on our next episode we'll, we'll have some more no booze updates <laughs> <laughs> or, or are we absolutely smashed? <laughs> yeah. Or oh, we've lost him because he's had a heart attack because he drunk too quickly. Right, I am going to roll for you. And you got a number four. Okay, number four. This is uh the one I'm I'm supremely confident with this one. Uh I think this is uh, a great band, and this is for me probably my favourite song of theirs. Uh, I know that you like this song um, and I know that you really like this band as well because we used to like them a lot at university. Um, This is the mighty Primal Scream um, with Moving On Up. Moving On Up, Primal Scream. So that's uh, off the album Screamadelica. which uh, was one of their first albums. I always thought it was their first, but it wasn't. Um, but it was their first kind of big hit album, wasn't it? Um, came out in 1990, 91, well, it was recorded in 1991 and released at the end of 1991. Um, mixed by and produced by um, Andrew Weatherall. And he was kind of big on the house scene. I love Primal Scream anyway. Um, 
but this is uh so it's just a brilliant song i love the gospel singing in the background the gospel singers at the back and then uh, for me it like the video and the performance and the vocals of bobby gillespie just absolutely steals the show he goes full-on mad uh bobby gillespie kind of slightly out of time dancing uh singing along but the, the lyric is great um uh, I was blind, now I can see, great start. It's just, I, I don't know, it's just got everything in the song. Um, but it says, Screamer Delica was influenced by the Beach Boys' Pet Sound album, 1966. Gillespie says that after discovering the album, their songs became much softer. I can see that. I never never knew that, but I can kind of see that with the Screamer Delica album. You can kind of see where those sort of Beach Boys' influences come from in there. I, I, I tell you, this has got... Yeah, you, you, in terms of what you said at the beginning, yeah, this is right up my street. I mean, I, I love, I love this album, and also it, it's it, testament to the my, my theory that 1991 is the best year for music in terms of releases, because <laughs> uh, you know this this album comes along, Nirvana comes along, Red Hot Chili Peppers comes along, and a whole host of Pearl Jam, a whole host of like really important music happens. Honestly, this is this is a, a blistering album. I think I do. I've got a recollection of me taping. Uh, this uh, track, I think it was on, it wasn't MTV because I don't think we had it in that, in that day of like 1991. We had, a, I think it might have been, a, it could have been the chart show. Uh, was it the yeah, it would have been show? that Saturday morning. Yeah, the Saturday morning. And it was like, just videos, wasn't show. it? And I, I definitely remember recording this and just watching it over and going, this is brilliant. What a song. Look at him. He's great. He's like Jim Morrison. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's dancing even weirder than Jim Morrison. And uh, yeah, he's got that kind of. Um, uh, it's not velvet. What is it? Uh, it's like satin shirt on. Yeah, he looks very foppish, doesn't he? Sort of like a dandy, sort of uh, you know, <laughs> Victorian. But he's and he and yeah, it's a great album. Sort of hints of Rolling Stones, obviously, as they've always been given that kind of title. Um, and and the album itself is it's awesome. I mean, it's great that sort of fusion of like Happy Mondays dance and rock put together. Um, I kind of really got that. They really nailed that sound, didn't they? Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, just and, and after like Loaded was that kind of first real breakthrough song for them. And Loaded's a great song, but I always found with Loaded, especially like 91, I wanted to dance. And Loaded was like a sitting around listening to a record. And then this one comes along on the album and you just, you know, you can just lose it to it. And it's, it's got that kind of rising... Yeah. Uh, melody all the way through hasn't it which is the kind of climbing to redemption yeah. and, uh, and the gospel singing behind and it just it just goes bananas at the end it's it's brilliant honestly it's a brilliant song yeah i think this is this is one of those songs that it, if this was the lead song in one of these podcasts i think we'd really be struggling to find anything yeah i think i think you're right and uh I think purely on that basis, uh, this is obviously a better song. Uh, that's that's a good start. So it's one nil to us. Uh, that's a great start. There's a there's a great start and a great song. And yeah, I really don't really even even Peter Cannon and I will tell you what, Brian Cox could go through the whole of the universe, <laughs> and he'd still struggle to argue that being a worse song than that. <laughs> you go to the whole of the universe and still find no one who dances quite like Bobby Gillespie. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's true, and and that is his genius. <laughs> oh wow! Have you seen him now, Bobby Gillespie? I mean, he he was mad looking then. I think part of it was probably the, the drugs, but um, 
You know how it looks. He now looks a bit like John Cooper Clark. He's got quite a lived-in face, hasn't he? As um, Bobby Gillespie, but he's, his his hair's got even longer now. And it's sort of like a member of the Black Crows or something. He's got a really long, almost shoulder-length hair. Last time I saw him, there was a brilliant. He he was on. He might even have done this song on um, later with Jules Holland, mm. uh, probably about ten years ago now. It might, yeah, it might be quite a while back, but uh, like they were. I think they were bringing out a new album and they did some of that, but then I think they did this. But in, in his interview with Jules Holland, he was sat there with one of the other guys and he basically had this sort of elongated bob and dark glasses and like this haircut was this elongated bob with dark glasses and his shirt done up and all the way to the top. And he's just sitting there saying very little and sitting extremely still in, in very statuesque. And it's just like, Okay, you're not quite with everyone there, are you, Bobby? <laughs> one, one nil. Here we go. Uh, right, there we go. You're Good start, right? Okay, I'm going to roll for you straight away. And you have got a two. This is, I think, if we're going to talk about classic songs, this I think is a classic as well. And uh, we're going back in time. Going back to sort of the, the 50s. And we're looking at the, the, the musical film of the same name. And it's Singing in the Rain. Down the lane with a happy refrain, just singing, singing in the rain. There we go, singing in the rain. In fact, you may have just heard at the end of that when the song had finished, Jim and I were just doing the little the little riff for it, which is doopy doos, the doopy doos, which is which is <laughs> which is for me one of the best things about the whole song is that it does it does have the, the sort of the possibility of singing doopy doo to it. Um, but yeah, I mean, okay, let's go back to the song. I mean, what? Obviously, the idea of singing in the rain—you sort of—it's about you know just feeling joyous and feeling, as I say, happy again, and just laughing at the world. And you know, it's raining, but it's happy because I can sing in the rain. It's fine. Things either things can't get much worse, but things will only get better. Without sort of too, too much sort of deviating, paraphrasing. Um, yeah, so I love, it's not, I've never seen the film, so I'm not going to go on about the film, but what, you know, it's just purely the iconic Gene Kelly dance routine number, which obviously this could sort of features the song. It is no, brilliant. Not the iconic Ernie Wise dance number. Do you know, well, that's equally as iconic. I mean, again, <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a great piece of music, which is what I, I love about this is the music. Um, and great strings. I mean, it's got a great, as I said, the great sentiment behind it. I actually think it's really a really good vocal as well. I love the fact it's, it's been covered. It's been covered, obviously, because it's quite an old song by about you know everybody. D. Martin's covered it. Crosby's covered it. Sammy Davis Jr. Jamie Cullum's done a version of it. It's and it's. I don't think really you can't. You can never really do a bad version of this song. It may not be as good as the original, but because the song sort of stands up as it's such a good song. Mm. But the thing, the thing I realised about it was the Mint Royale that sort of dance that sort of mid two thousand was used on an advert and it was used for Britain Got Talent. George, um, what's his name? Uh, Samson, I think it was. Um, and yeah, it's it's so it's, it's been around. It feels like that's 50, 60 years. It's it's amazing. It's such a good song. I think I love the string. Like I said the do 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 the string hooks behind it. The whole sort of the whole it's it's just rich. And I think it's. Um, yeah, it's one of the songs that I always smile at and I forget every time I hear it how much I like this song. Uh, and yeah, why not? The sun's in my heart and I'm ready for love. Yeah, I I think this is a really, really good song. There's um, 
doesn't it begin with the doobie doos and ends with doobie doos? Kind of walks off and he's like, he's done all that, and it it's almost like the song happens in his head, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. He he's like he's just because he's just kissed the girl and he's walked away. Do 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 in the rain. Do do do, and then then they go through the whole song, and then it's almost like that is kind of this. It's like a fantasy sequence almost, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, it's like this sort of thing so that's just yeah. happened, and then he go like that, and then he, he doobie doos, and then walks out at the end. The old dance routine there, and then obviously Morecambe and Wise. Um, <laughs> it did a brilliant rip off of it. I mean, but, but it did a brilliant rip off of it. But like even their, which they did with so much, their rip offs weren't piss takes they were homages weren't they uh, completely yeah i mean all of that is they all the way through they they're saying this is a brilliant brilliant song but look we're being a bit silly and I, and that's kind of that's well that's the genius of <laughs> but that that's kind of what but that's what made them so universal is they're never they're never like nasty in what they do it's never no. like a spitting image kind of uh, yeah they made they made it uh, quite fun and they actually looked, took some care to it because actually all, all of that kind of dance they did was again quite well orchestrated as it was when they did the um the strip tease number in the kitchen when they're sort of having breath lo- lovely uh yeah like i said it's a homage isn't it as, as far as the song goes i mean it i i if you actually look on my twitter when it says my name, it says the top. When it rains, it pours. It, it, it rain. When it rains, it pours. But I'm always singing in it, mm. um, which is obviously a massive nod to uh, to this song. I really, I love the sentiment of it. I love the fact that, like I, I like rain, <laughs> in an odd way. I, I've always liked rain. I kind of like standing in the rain. I like, uh, I like just kind of being in in the rain. So. Uh, the songs always had that kind of appeal f- for me as well, but I do like the optimism in it. You know, it's, mm. it's raining. I don't care. I don't care if it's raining. I'm, I'm happy. And What's it's, the... got, um, it's got. It's got. It, for, for, from coming from a musical, that actually is. It's a. It doesn't offend me. A lot of musical songs I think, <laughs> offend me either because I think they're well out of place within the sort of uh, the film. And again, I'm not. I'm not professing that I've actually seen this film, but um, so I'm purely going on just the sort of the, the hunch. But I think. It, it, from what you know, it just looks and it suits the actual kind of like uh, the intention of what the guy's feeling at that point. Yeah, uh, I, I think so. I think it's uh, yeah, it just it works really well. Is it like it's a standalone song as well? You can you can listen to it on the radio. You don't, you're not, you know, like some of the songs from musicals. Um, you can't. I I find. Like the Rocky Horror Show is a case in point. I don't mind watching the Rocky Horror Show and the songs fit in the Rocky Horror Show, but I don't like hearing them on the radio. No. I don't like, um, I'm going to be controversial here, but I don't particularly like uh, Any Dream Will Do. That's the yeah. song I'm looking for. You know, I don't, uh, and, and all of those ones, those songs are good in the musical. Uh, you know, uh, anything from Les Mis is probably good in I don't profess to watch that, but mm. it's probably good in the musical. But I don't want to hear I Dream to Dream on the radio. I don't mm. want to hear musical songs on the radio. I don't, I'm, I'm just not interested. And I don't, one, one of my bugbears in musicals is when the songs kind of bleed into the, the, the words. 
if you see what I mean. And and I don't feel this does. No, and I think what you're uh, saying is right. This kind of um, this has that sort of almost natural believability about it, whereas it's not suddenly having a conversation then just roars into a really really loud song from nowhere, and it's really like melodramatic. Whereas this feels like it feels, you know, it feels very sort of 1950s cool. The sentiment we've talked about, but I quite like the concept of it. It's just as some, someone's just thinking about singing in the rain, how much that makes you happy. And he's willing to do it. It doesn't matter now. I'm really, really pleased about what's happened tonight. <laughs> I'm happily done. I'm really happy. You could do, like, the shittest thing can happen now, but it doesn't matter because yeah. I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm there. I'm happy. Okay, after all that guff, where well, I'm trying to sound like I'm intelligent and know what I'm talking about. I'm going to say, yes, that's a better song. Um, and D-Rings, things can only get better. On the future, two nil. Here we go. Six big number deserves a big song. Uh, this soul roots hashtag soul roots, it's one of the biggies. Um, it's uh, Sam Cook and it's a change is gonna come. A long time coming, but I know a change gonna come. So uh, yeah, when this uh, was in, when he wrote this song, it was inspired by events that kind of happened to him um, when him and his entourage would turn away from a motel in uh, in America because they were black and it was a white Tony motel uh, down in the deep south, and he kind of uh, that really kind of hit him, and that's that's what I was looking for the civil rights movement in. Um, America then kind of adopted it and it became the refrain. It's, uh, it's been a long time coming, but I know a change is going to come. And that's that sort of uh, the sentiment behind it. It's, I think it's very political. It's very, um, uh, me, there's a lot of meaning within this song quite overtly. Um, but as with everything that he ever does, his his vocals and uh, the the kind of expression in the way that he sings just kind of carries the song through. Uh, I think it's a it's one of his best songs. It's one of the best soul songs, and it's incredibly optimistic. Yeah, it is. But even though it's funny because the song actually kind of sounds a little bit. Um... So it's kind of got a minor key in it as well, which obviously traditionally makes it sort of sound quite sad and uh, not depressing, but just just not as happy. Um, but within the song, actually, I think it kind of goes from minor to major quite um, uh, various points. So yeah, it, but it is. It's kind of it is like um, yeah, it's kind of anthemic, isn't it? It's not. It's what, honestly not one of the songs I would have thought you would have mentioned actually, um, and not uh, one of the songs that I always forgets, kind of because it's been recorded a few times, isn't it? Or certainly it's been used a yeah. few times in a. In a various sort of different guises it's uh it's a great it's a great song it's a really good song it's quite a tragic figure isn't it by the sounds of it he died but it his, it his output before true. his death was in, insane though i mean for someone who died at 33 his his musical output was immense like he was doing loads of stuff and he was doing that kind of um we talked about it before on this podcast you know when people go singing other people's songs and yeah, just yeah. sort of putting loads of stuff together and you, there was there was an awful lot of that going on wow so this is a again one of the sort of staple sort of soul songs from that era from a, a legendary singer um and, god i mean really this is, this is 
<laughs> I mean, it wasn't is like, it better than D-Ream? Things can it, only get better. Is it D-Ream, who only had another hit, which was You Are The Best Thing, I think released later that year in 1994 and have done nothing since. <laughs> and really only been known for Brian Cox now and the Labour Party uh, anthem song from 1997. Is it standing up against... If it went to a ring with Sam Cooke, I think Sam Cooke would just look at him and Peter Cunnell and his <laughs> collars would just hit the floor very quickly. Um, of course, it's of course it's a better song. Obviously, a better song. No. Um, it doesn't even need to be sort of mentioned, really. So, uh, uh, no, I think that's. We'll uh, mention it again. It's a better song. Perfect. Done. I did. A, I did a quick search on Peter Hunter. It's not Hunter. It's Cunner, isn't it? Sorry. Cunner, um, yeah. He was obviously still touring a little bit as the just Dream. I think it's just him now touring, and uh, I saw a picture of him just. Running on stage, some sort of like probably some eight, you know, nineties kind of like show in the park, and he's sort of um, singing there with just him a backing track. I think maybe a backing singer. And I tell you what, if you try to wear that shirt he wore in the video, he'd struggle now. <laughs> so he's not gonna wear wear your hat, walk your shoes. He's gonna wear a shirt and just about fit into it. Um, the years haven't been too kind to him, shall we say? You're going to roll for me? Right, here we go. Yeah, I'm going to roll for you. And here we go. I'm going to roll you at the other end of the spectrum. One. Oh, number one for me. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Good. Right. It's kind of a little bit in symmetry with my last one. Classic song. Another classic song. 1988 classic song now. So we're going back a little bit in time. And it's uh, possibly another, another one-hit wonder from Mr. Bobby McFerrin. Be happy. Don't worry, be happy now. Don't worry. Be happy. I told you like a song with a doobie doo. This is a whistle doobie doo. <laughs> whatever the equivalent of that would be. But uh, I mean, I think the song basically speaks for itself. It's don't worry, be happy. The sentiment, therefore, being uh, don't stress about it. It's all going to be good. It's okay. Okay, things can, things are better, but. Whatever, <laughs> just don't worry, be happy. It's almost a little bit too sort of careless with his sort of like throwaway, don't worry, be happy. Because I'm not sure you could use that line on everything. I've just found out I've got four months leave. Don't worry about it, be happy. <laughs> so but doesn't he say that in his song? Talk to says you've got three months to live. <laughs> don't worry. And there's a, like you you talking there was like the bit at the end where he goes, it's okay, don't worry, don't worry, just be happy. Like at the end when he's just talking, he's going, yeah, just get over it. That's the, this is what I love about the song, which is the landlord say your rent is late, you may have to litigate, don't worry, be happy. Well, <laughs> it's fine for you, Bobby, saying that, but what if I get, <laughs> what if I get to prison? Um, I, love, I love it, it's such a cheery song. I, I don't, again, one of those songs that I don't think I really, when I hear it, I always have a little smile on my face. Um, it's got a nice bit of a cappella starting with it. In fact, it's all pretty much a cappella, isn't it, the whole way through? Um, I also like the fact it did hit number one, but it also took out the sort of the devil's work, Guns and Roses, uh, displacing, <laughs> displacing a sweet child of mine, which I thought was it's the perfect kind of almost the antithesis of that. Um, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a great, and it also did the same for when it hit the UK, it took out. Whitney Houston as well. So he, basically, Bobby took took out some real kind of like <laughs> shysters from the eighties with his one hook sort of a cappella novelty song, um, and the video features. Oh, hang on, hang Robin on. Williams. The song was used as the official campaign song for George H. W. Bush in the nineteen eighty eight presidential election. So he's got it all. So another link to the main song, but um, 
yeah, I mean, I, I, again, it's got a great hook, which is, I know, I love a good hook. Um, it's got some fairly optimistic lyrics. I love a lot of optimistic lyric. I like a bit of nonsense with a lyric. I like a doobie-doo or a ooby-doo. Um, and I like a song that's got a bit of whistling in it. It's also, it's just kind of like, it's very easy going. It's almost, like I say, it's kind of got a reggae influence, isn't it? You know, it's, it is, and it is very laid back in its approach, you know. Don't worry, be happy, it's fine, it's all good. Um, I, I think it's brilliant. I, do, I really, I, I genuinely like the song. It's always one of my songs, if I sort of want to go away somewhere, I want to sort of listen to a tune where I want to sort of be uplifted. This is kind of one of my sort of happy, my happy music. This, this song, right, this song's a bit weird for me because at various times in my life, I've absolutely loved this song and, and absolutely hated this song. Um, in, in, I wouldn't even say in equal measure, I suppose. Like, and, and hate is a strong word for it. There are times when I've kind of disliked it a little bit. Uh, when it first came out, obviously I liked it. And then after a few months, it just really got on my nerves. Uh, I think it was on Hits 89 or whatever. Mm. Um, no, that's what I call music. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Whatever it was. Um, and just used to, it was on... <laughs> You know, they used to always do that. It was a four-side out, four album, wasn't it? It was a double album, yeah, four yeah, sides. Yeah. And on each side, they tried to kind of make each side to kind of like similar styles of music. Yeah. And on each one, there was always one song that really stood out. <laughs> really didn't fit on the... On the um, with the, with the rest of the stuff and this song was that song on the side that it, it was on sorry that's a really convoluted explanation so I went through a stage of, of not liking it and then like everybody you knew just come up to you and whistle in your ear and just, uh, yeah that, that was me basically that um, was exactly what I used to do yeah <laughs> I mean like, since, <laughs> since, since then I'm not going to lie I have mellowed on it like my, my dislike of it came within this sort of like second and third year of it being in existence um but nowadays because i think you don't hear it as much nowadays you can no. enjoy it like you enjoyed it when you first heard it see what i mean so yes. um i mean it's, it, you could say it's a, like you say it's a novelty song and okay it's a one hit wonder song so it's got that kind of essence of i don't know um bring out the cavalry jonah louis or um, shut up your face, Joe Dolce. It's got it's kind of in that kind of category, <laughs> but it's both fine songs, by the way. Both fine songs. One of those songs is a fine song. Talked about not so much uh, support with Joan Louis. See now that you see now, don't don't ruin it because that that was bringing me right on the side there with by saying novelty song, but like Joan Louis, it's a really good song. I'm going to say, is this a better song than Things Can Only Get Better? I'm going to say, yeah, why not? Why not? Yes, it is. It was used for a bigger, um, bigger political campaign. Yeah, the poli- the political kind of allegiance may not be, but that may not be his choice. I'm sure he got paid a whack. Yeah, no, they didn't get to, um, they didn't get a choice, did they? I mean, what did, didn't Trump use? Yes, sir, I can boogie by Baccarat or something, wasn't it? Uh, well, I know that a few, but you can actually. I think unless you get asked and you refuse, obviously that people do that quite a bit. And because I know that. Um, Johnny Marr complained about, I think David Cameron was using the Smiths for something, one of the conservative, uh, like, uh, election, of, I don't know, sort of, like, party conferences. You do not have any permission to use my songs that I've written. Morrissey, obviously, on the other hand, 
probably agree. Sorry, she was right in there. <laughs> go, go for it. <laughs> that, would, that would be brilliant. Songs, Smith songs for Smith songs for party conventions. There's probably too many now that would probably work perfectly, which is quite annoying. I don't want to talk about the Smiths. Smiths, I'm going off the Smiths now. Morris has turned into some mentalist. Look, you can't judge the Smiths on Morrissey's mentalness. You've got to remember, if Morrissey had died 20 years ago, mm. he would have been a god. So he's, you know, you can't punish someone for being alive, even if they are a bit mad. <laughs> <laughs> we we always knew he was slightly bonkers. It was true. only a matter of time. <laughs> that is true. Yeah, um, that is true. I think he's yeah. Sometimes a true colour show, but hey. So it's four 0 I mean, he, he may claw some respect back, Peter and Peter and the gang. But we'll see. Number two. Did we have two before? No, I got a two. That's me. Number two for you. Number two. Okay. Well, I. I don't think they're going to claw anything back with this one as a confident shout, but uh, I think this is a this is a really good song. Uh, I think this is a really good band, um, very underrated. Um, I love the fact that they don't have the in their name. They are just eels, and it's eels with beautiful day. say about this released in around 2000 um the, the eels they're kind of that uh, it's, it's almost country rock isn't it i really like that I, I, I love his voice mr e um uh i love the sentiment behind the song i love the fact that god damn right it's a beautiful day it's not just a beautiful day god damn right it's a beautiful day and he's kind of stood there sort of looking out at everything that's going on and in the end, God damn right, it's a beautiful day. And I think, you know, the, the optimism is there. Um, we haven't kind of mentioned that a lot in some of the songs because I suppose it's because it's fairly obvious with most of the songs we've chosen. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, there's that that kind of optimism of, yes, it is going to be a beautiful day. God damn right, it's going to be a beautiful day. Um, they're, they're not massive eels, no, um, I mean, I remember them uh, with Novocaine for the Soul, that sort of slackery kind of LA kind of band. Um, sort of, it felt a bit like quite, you know, oh, you know Beck um, album that had Loser on it, and uh, that's sort of his first album. It kind of has that kind of very sort of slow, stonery guitar. That's kind of what I mean by the country style within it. It's that kind of LA groove with with kind of. Yeah, it's a bit of country in the in there. Maybe it's in the guitaring. I don't know. I think so. Maybe you go in the guitar sound a little bit. It sounds like a little bit like a slide guitar to that song. Um, and like he's he's I like him because he's he's just you know almost like the opposite of a front line. He's sort of very kind of laid back. He looks a bit like a geek. Sort of big sort of bitches NHS glasses on and uh, um, yeah, he's just sort of very typical. He's, he's just very lazy, like like an even bando from the Lemonheads. Yeah, and he looks like a cat. He, he he really he's one of those ones like Beck, like Evan Van they, they and and Mr. E. They all look like characters from eighties teen movies. They all look like kind of not the main character, but like some you know that sort of someone who's a pivotal character in the background kind of thing who sits it comes in and is, sort of says a few things. And... Yeah, they'll be like the. Probably the sidekick in a, in an episode of like Breaking Bad. They all kind of have that, and that's kind of that's a big thing, wasn't it? Early two thousands, where the frontmen were sort of just all 
almost kind of like your mates who you can get some weed off. Eels were, were quite big in a sort of early part of that, although they're certainly kind of getting. They certainly did a lot. They did loads of festivals in the UK. I remember that. Um, yeah, and like in the late nineties, they were they were they were really big. This was kind of. I don't know, this is sort of the last one that I really remember them doing. Mm. Um, I know they did loads afterwards, but this is the last song that I really sort of remember being released or remember hearing about. So what other bands, so you mentioned about the Eels, not the Eels, what other bands are they where they always think it's a the? I'll, I'll start off. I think um, Eagles are, are Eagles, not the Eagles, which I always, that always kind of threw me a bit. I think there was rumours the Beatles where it started off was just called the just called Beatles. I think they added though because it got a bit confusing. With the 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 with a the the the. I I think it was just a band meeting they had once. We we need a name, guys. What about the the? Let's be the. And they went, no, no, we'll be the the. Bill Haley and his comets. That's when it foxes people, isn't it? No, it's not the comets. It's his comets. You can't tell me that, Jim. That, that's made up. No, did you not know that? It is, isn't it? Yeah, I'm just looking. It yeah, it is. It's Bill Haley and his comics. And everyone thought it was Bill Haley and their comics, but it's not. I, I don't like that, though. I don't like his comics. Oh, well, Bill Haley. It's his band. It's his comics. Well, why does he have to hear his comics? It's like saying Cliff Richard and his shadows. I don't like Bill Haley anymore. Now. He, he can, he can, no, he's, he's, gone, he's gone way down my estimation. One, two, three o'clock, four o'clock, rock. Um, yeah, I'll say it's better. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> the Eels is, is it better than the Doreen? And Peter Cunner, Peter Cunner and his Doreen. Go on then. Five nil. Do you know what? Funny enough, that's what they would do now, isn't it? If I think it would be called Peter Cunner's Doreen, wouldn't it? So that, if I they think... reformed, if they reformed, well, Brian Cox wouldn't be in it anymore. No, 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 of course not. So, and. It would probably be he. I, re, I don't reckon because you said you saw him and he was on the bit, bit on the lardy side, jumping about yeah. the backing track. I think he, if he redid it and did it as a live act, it would be different musical. What a great sort of like yeah, the sort of the second incarnation of D Ream. Yeah. Five deal, five deal to us. That's a bit. That should come out a bit easier than I thought. So it's a, it's a classic song. Obviously, it's not, clearly not our favourite song, which I think probably helped us in finding. I think so. I think optimism is such a big thing for music, mm. though, isn't it? And I think there's, you know, it's a bit of a. Is it, we were a bit on a hiding to nothing, I think, because um, there's so much scope for optimism. Yeah. I mean, let's be honest. We've got five very different songs. Uh, and optimism looked at in different ways throughout all of the songs. And certainly, I think the first four, the last one, maybe not as much, but those first four were pretty big. I, th I think people could argue against Bobby McFerrin and against the Eels. I think the first three, that I think we were on a 3-0 bash. And I, I think even, yeah, BG Ream, they just struggled arguing against that. I had, um, can I tell you what other ones I had? I had Here Comes the Sun, that's quite a big one, obviously, I think. I had, a, I had quite an odd one, Bring Me Sunshine, Eric and Ernie, speaking of which, we mentioned them earlier. I love that song. I used to sing uh, my oldest song. I used to sing George to Sleep to that song. It's a great, um, it's a, again, that's a really optimistic song. And I had I had one which I thought, 
I may have, I could have probably argued it is better because I think it's a good song. The new, new radicals, you get what you give. It's kind of got a, but that, that was used in a, a campaign. I think it was used for Joe, Joe Biden's campaign. So another song that was used for sort of political gains. What did you have? Yeah, I'm never the biggest fan of that big new radicals one. What did I have? I had uh, D- uh, Dog Days, Florence and the Machine, um, which I think is a good song. Uh, Florence and Her Machine. Her Machine. The, the Florence and Her Machine. This just sounds like a porno. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, but dog days dog days are over that's it I, I really like that song I think it's a great song um, then I had fun We Are Young uh, with Janelle Monet. I, I really love that song there's something about it that's just kind of a bit they're a bit mad and a bit preppy and, and uh, I just think that's the whole song is kind of it's all shit but we're young and let's bugger it all and have a good night Uh classics like Times Era Changing Bob Dylan yeah. um, he kind of links with Sam Cooke a bit there I had Hard Day's Night by uh, his Beatles <laughs> because I've just seen that and said, I, I love the sentiment behind that it's been I'm working really hard and I get home to you and I know everything's going to be alright all uh, and then the, the other one that I had that uh, I really like is uh, One Day Like This by Elbow well, we had a, we had a few so, contributions. Obviously, Paul Lagonet, friend of the show, musical consultant, assistant. Musical, musical director. <laughs> uh, he, he had uh, It's Getting Better Man by Oasis. It's all right. Not my favourite Oasis song. Bob Dylan. Oh, yeah, times are changing. Uh, Kate Bush, you mentioned, Eat the Music, which I don't know at all what that's about. And, uh, oh, Anne Aitkins on Twitter mentioned Always Look on the Bright Side of Life, which is a Monty Python song by Eric Idle but yeah great a great song actually didn't didn't want to go for that but um... another one that you kind of stand alone but from a movie if you know what I mean it kind of I think it it, because it mocks that whole breaking into song Mm. it works there we go five five nil so I think we should look at because obviously recently we found out the sad news that Daft Punk have sort of split up after what, 27 or 8 years of, uh, of service it's, do you know what I think this is going to sound a bit cheesy but I think Daft Punk has always been kind of uh, a big part of our friendship and I, it, yeah. I would I would say that one of the, the nights at uni that we probably bonded and really became friends was when Thomas Bengoto was DJing at Cream Mm. And uh, we both found ourselves in the middle of the dance floor dancing to like some <laughs> mad seventies seventies uh, mix, and Honestly, the, the, like so being, looking really... around the room and being the people enjoying it more than anybody else. <laughs> yeah, I've, I mean, I've had some of the best times with Daft Punk in terms of musically, just in terms of hitting us at the right sweet spot of our life. Just everything that I wanted from dance music was was Daft Punk. Um, I think I think we should probably look at that maybe as an episode. Coming up, coming up next. Um, yeah, maybe pick one more time. I was thinking maybe one more time, actually. One more time. One more time sounds like it's it's their big one. It's their sort of one of their biggest. It probably is their biggest. I suppose next to get lucky, but we, yeah, I think maybe we'll look at that. It's probably Discovery was probably their biggest album, wasn't it? Yeah. And I think this like I I love homework. I didn't. I hated homework when I first heard it. Uh, weirdly, but um, I, I, I couldn't get my head around uh, Defunk. 
that came out and I, I really couldn't I really struggled and it, it took a few listens a, a real well, say a few quite a few listens for me to get to, to really enjoy homework but then discovery I think uh, was one of I think for me and dare I say for us was one of those albums that like you just said was right place right time yeah. uh, everything that we were doing it at that time going you know going out going dancing and it was the, it was the right music for the right time then wasn't yeah. it right okay <laughs> let's wrap it up right nice one jim um if you want to get in touch anybody you can you can uh, contact us at five better podcast give us some ideas and we're always welcome hopefully you will hear us next time with a daft punk special that be good. We can wear helmets. Right, everyone. We'll see you soon, and uh, stay safe. Everyone. See you later. Bye. Bye. Bye.